Hey everybody, it's Richie, and before we start this episode of the show, football's right around the corner, and ladies and gentlemen, we want to tell you about DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook, because with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game, and this is how you do it. All you got to do is sign up with the promo code THPN during week one. You bet $1 on any pro or college game, and you will get $200 in free bets. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use that promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game, and you get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize, prize with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, official betting partner of the NFL, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave-Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. I'm not going to do a, uh, you know, a full intro here because I feel like I kind of owe it to my co-host to have him in nice and early because I've been harassing him for a little bit tonight to get into that and much more. My wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. Um, Yeah. Yeah. The pre-show meeting today was quite the meeting to say the least. So. There was uh, an involved uh, you and Cap both making the same joke about me spilling something on my pants. Um, and then um, you guys both embarrassed me for 20 straight minutes, like pounding me with questions. And so uh, now I am primed and ready for the show. Well, I mean, we did make up for it, though, by by telling you we're not going to go into detail on all of this. But like we, we did say that he could use the excuse of big dick energy for it. So... Long story short, we did try and turn it around on something that could be very beneficial for him. Um, but then, you know, we started talking about certain things in his personal life and and he started getting uncomfortable. So, you know, you know how it is. We, we have to make him as uncomfortable as we can occasionally. So that way he's totally fine when he gets into uncomfortable situations um, later on that uh, we won't be going into. But um, to move on to make Richie less uncomfortable, uh, I had actually had a conversation about um, uncomfortability earlier today. Uh, I was watching the second um, American Pie with my fiance, and I get horrible secondhand embarrassment by watching something, right? Um, you know, and a lot of those movies from... Uh, from basically like the, that 2000s era, a lot of them are like 
hardcore secondhand embarrassment. And it makes me, I like, I can't watch it. Like I have to literally put the sheet over my face in order to not look at it because of the fact that um, it makes me so uncomfortable. The only problem is in this movie, he, there's like a whole scene where he's supposed to be playing a trombone and everyone's waiting for him to play a trombone. And it's the longest scene ever. And I could still hear it. And so I still got embarrassed by it. It, it makes me cringe so much and I can't handle it, but I, it's still a, a great movie. And I, it makes me laugh because it's just such like a, a throwback to, you know, a, what seems like a crazy long time ago. We weren't particularly um, a part of that as, I mean, you probably were a little bit more a part of that as I was because you, you're early, born early nineties. I was born mid 90s so it's a there's a little bit of a difference when I got in high school it's 2008 so it was towards the end of it but it's always kind of a, a blast from the past they did a bunch of some 41 songs bunch of blink 182 songs in it like such a a good um soundtrack to all of those movies and they're hilarious um I have a I have a confession to make about about those movies are you ready for my confession? If you're about to tell me that you haven't seen those either, I swear to God. Well, good night, everybody. Thanks for coming and listening to the show. Uh, five minutes in and good night and good hockey. Thank you. Damn it. You haven't watched those either. God, there's a whole list of movies that I just have to like indoctrinate you into. Yes. Yes. Now, and that's a big missing part of my movie. Like, you know, my... The type of movies i watch are pretty much everything like i've seen a lot of classic movies and i i appreciate good films and i i I like going back and watching a lot of the oscar nominees and best pictures but when it comes to early to mid 2000s teen dramas or, or i'm sorry teen comedies nope haven't seen about 90 percent of them I just don't understand how you haven't seen the American Pies. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I, they've just never interested me in watching them. They're just such like a, a classic for that time. I, only, the, I, I know the part where he like has sex with a pie. Like that's the only part I know. Yeah, I mean everyone knows that. It's Stifler's, that same Stifler's mom. That's all I know. Yeah, in the second one, you get to actually learn her name. Her name is Janine. Yeah, but uh, they, they're, like, re-airing them again because that same guy that had sex with the pie, he does, like, a game show or something now. So they're airing them on uh, TV all the time now. I actually went and saw um, American Pie Wedding, like, in theaters and everything. It's so funny that you haven't watched any of those. Like, I felt when I didn't, when I hadn't watched Borat that I was very behind on the times i feel like you're very behind i feel like these i'm trying to fill in these early 2000s years for you i just had you watch underworld Mm -hmm. we're we're just gonna keep on filling in those timelines considering the fact that cat i feel like is the queen of all of that she is going to be very disappointed in you and she's going to be ordering a movie night stat I yes, I think we may have found our n- newest contender for our next movie night, which 
will be happening at some point soon, I, I hope, at least. Yeah, and then we'll have to have you come back to the Sporty Nation and uh, tell them what you thought of it. I'll have to put out a, a Twitter poll and see if people actually really liked them. If they're, you know, uh, more than just kind of like the cult classic of what they were and like an homage to the time. People still love them to this day or if people are over them. I still like them to this day. I still get very cringe because it's just everything from that time. Even the movie that um, Scotty and I watch every single Christmas, which has been on, it's been on a crazy amount. It was even on today again. Um, But we watch Just Friends and it's uh, and kind of from that era um, movie with Ryan Reynolds. And that's the same thing. It's, just something goes wrong with to like the main characters like all the time in those type in that era of movies so you can't avoid the cringe factor of it but it's hilarious at the same time yeah add that one to the list too haven't seen that one either yeah that one is is an annual christmas movie um and scotty and i thoroughly enjoy it um so You'll have to just come over and, you know, we'll have to make some some alcoholic Christmas beverages and watch some Just Friends this year. I like this plan. That's a good plan. Um, all right. So let's, let's dive into uh, all of our topics and news of the week that's Coyotes related and not Coyotes related. And um, first off, we want to make sure we thank um, Griffin from... Tell it as as it is, the Colorado Avalanche podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, we had a really nice discussion with him about the Coyotes Arena situation, and I think Corey, we did a terrific job of persuading him into changing his mind. He even said it multiple times, and I was like, afterwards, I was like high fiving in the air. I was like, yes, we did it. We change people's minds. This is like, this is like what Vietnam was supposed to be—the guerrilla offensive of changing hearts and minds. That's what we're doing here. Wow, I wouldn't, I wouldn't compare it to war, but I, I would say that it, we, we did win the battle. In that sense, we did win that battle, that particular one. Um, I wish we could have talked to the stars guy that they had on there. That was uh, the one that was the Texas Homer about the whole thing. Um, uh, I, I was about to say being a little shit about the whole thing, but I feel like every time I, I call someone a little shit, they get very offended or I induct someone into the douche canoe. They get offended. So in, in an attempt to tell everyone it's just hockey, I'm not trying to offend you. Um, but his little uh, Texas homerness that he was doing throughout the entire thing of wanting the coyotes to be, um, you know, in Houston and then the Roadrunners to move to San Antonio. So not even just move one, but both of them, but I'm not even going to go into all that. Uh, it was nice to be able to be on, uh, on Griffin's podcast there and just be able to, to speak our truth. It's very funny. I feel like almost every time we go somewhere, it is like as if me and you are being put on the on the stand. You know, we have to testify hmm. on the behalf of the uh, on the behalf of the defense. Like that's how I feel almost every time because everyone has these um, 
these questions prepared from so many different angles. And they're in the end, they're all very similar to the previous questions we've heard. So we're, we're mostly prepared for all of these. But um, I didn't realize how prepared you and I were, considering the fact that in all the things that he said, our super detailed responses in all of it just shows how much of this shit we've had to be like digging through in order to survive all the chaos because you know there is chaos on the front of the you know a lot of shit going on with the coyotes but there's so much chaos when it comes to uh hockey fans and wanting this wanting to shit on the fucking coyotes every chance they get so the the details the facts are extremely important because in the end, if you are here and you understand what's going on here and you understand what's going on with the team, if you actually talk to people within the organization and people who cover the team and people who know what is going on here, you know it's so much of a different narrative than what they're putting out there. And it was so nice to be able to set the record straight. I mean, if um, any of your friends want to try and fuck with you, I would send them to listen to our arena podcast first and then have um, them listen to us on Griffin's show. And I feel like that would answer like 90% of the questions that are out there and all of the, um, all of the things that, you know, we've debunked a lot of random ass theories that people have been throwing out there. It's amazing what happens when you take a deep dive into facts, what happens to people and their perception of certain ideas that they may have. And this goes for, I'd say, just about everything in life. When you actually deep dive into facts, then your perspective will change. And that is, I think, what happens here, that most people who are commenting on this just don't have a grasp of the facts of the case. They don't see what we see. I feel like they are living in their own little bubbles of information sometimes. And then when we go on and we pop those bubbles and that information that we have, those facts, those figures, those numbers, pierces their bubble their minds change. And it's very scientific of us, if I if I may say so, and refer to it that way. We are the official podcast of the scientific method, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we do. We have a theory, we test it, and we come out with facts, and then we tell those facts to change people's minds. So I'm glad we were able to do that. And I think it's a testament to what more people should be doing instead of blabbering their mouths about the coyotes when they don't have a single set of facts to go off of. That they should just take a look and read the facts and understand them and reach out to people like you, like me, like all the fans who have been around with this team for 25 plus seasons, who have been there at the city council meetings and go and talk to them and you get a completely different perspective of what's going on instead of just reading the crazy headlines from the athletic or, or whatnot. Right. And we did acknowledge on the show that yes, there are some things going on behind the scenes that aren't great. Okay. That need to be fixed. If this team really wants to get themselves to 
another level and truly becoming a a a Stanley Cup contending contender on the ice and a model franchise off of it and behind the scenes. And the model is there. We've seen it from other franchises and they've been able to turn the tide, right? And so that is my PSA to you, the Sporting Nation, is instead of engaging the trolls and getting angry at them sometimes, just like come at them and with facts. And once they hear those facts, I think they will get a better understanding of what's happening here. And once they do that, Griffin is the perfect example of that. And then they understand what's happening. And then they will become fans, not necessarily fans of the team, but they will become fans of this team succeeding here in the state and in the city. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. And in the end, really just kind of, I think in the end, most Coyotes fans are exhausted of hearing it. Everyone has heard it for so long now. I think that's where it gets kind of emotional in fact that everyone's just very tired of hearing the relocation bullshit. And, you know, there's fans that have been very dedicated to this team for many, many years. And uh, they're just kind of tired of hearing all the shit from everyone. And even on on that podcast, they were saying like, oh, well, you know, even fans have to be like, what the fuck at this point? And, you know, just saying that they want to give up on being fans. And I, I you know, there's probably a, a percentage that are feeling that way. But in all reality, a lot of them have have rode through all of this and know what's going on and actually think, you know, the Coyotes are warriors in the fact that they have really just survived through so many different things. So much shit with Glendale. It was never really a good fit. They needed to get out of there anyways. This was bound to happen at some point. Um, I... I will say, you know, Richie and I also don't sugarcoat things either. We're not going to just uh, bullshit you to your face. There is culture problems that are going on in the front office. That is a big fucking deal. You can't have a good organization without having happy workers. And when you have culture issues, that's going to be a problem. And when you come in with someone who is a businessman who knows how to run businesses that are more like, you know, casinos and, um, you know, starting in the, like the small business zone with his father, it, that doesn't really work for a team. The way that a, a sports team has to be run is totally different from a normal business. And I'm hoping that's just some growing pains and that they're going to come back through the other side of this brighter and better. But in the end, uh, you know, we'll tell you that. Do we think that's going to be the end all be all of the coyotes and that there's not uh, brighter days ahead? Oh, fuck no. There is so much that is waiting for this team um, coming forward and the fact that people just jump at the first sight of any type of of issue it's just obnoxious no one as we had said on that podcast no one really gives the same notice to a lot of other teams that have similar issues and um i even listed like some in there so it just i i don't know at some point 
like you said, you have to remove the emotion from it and just start going into the facts of it all. And like, like I kind of said before, if the facts didn't line up, Richie and I would tell you that the facts don't line up and we would be honest with you about it and really be honest about, you know, the future of this team. But Batman wants them here. There's no reason they shouldn't be here. There's um, plenty of other places that can take the Coyotes. They just have to get there. And I think the first step is obviously going to be them bidding for this space in Tempe um, on September 2nd. Yep, that's that's the next step coming up. We mentioned on the last show, and that's coming up here within the week. So we'll be sure to talk about that. Uh, if, when, and after it happens on September the 2nd. And uh, I think it's going to be an exciting day for Coyotes fans, to say the least. So another thing that we talked about on that particular interview, Corey, was I brought up this topic because we were talking about Connor Timmons, and and we were asked by Griffin, he was like, is there any way that this Coyotes team does not finish last? And I... I pretty much just laughed the entire time. Like, I don't know if you were watching, we were on a zoom call and I had my video on and all I did was I didn't even audibly laugh. What I did is I literally just like tilted off screen. I was laughing so hard to myself. And in that I came to the idea that is when you're in a rebuild like this, I think it's smart to not rush your younger players because you have time to let them develop and really become better by playing in the, at the AHL level. So I brought up the idea of whether or not to let young players develop or whether you want to see them at the NHL level. So I'm gonna, I have a list of players here that we can kind of go through and talk about and kind of figure out whether or not they should be playing at the NHL level either this year or in the very near future or just let them develop at their own speed. So um, we're going to begin with probably the two biggest names on the list, in my opinion. And that's let's begin with Barrett Hayton. Now, Barrett Hayton, of course, your first round pick back um, several years ago in 2018. He was drafted fifth overall. He was a little bit of a surprise pick. And I say a little bit, I mean, he was a surprise pick. He surprised the heck out of, I think, you and I, Corey, at the time. We were very surprised that the Coyotes picked him. But they picked him because he was at a premium position at center, and they thought he had possessed the skill to be a kind of good 200-foot type of player at the NHL level. Now, here's the kind of success we've seen from him in his first couple seasons. It's not much. At the NHL level, he's played 34 games, has scored three goals, and four assists for seven points. That's not great. And in my opinion, this is a big year for Barrett Hayden coming up. This is the last year of his entry-level contract. He's going to be a restricted free agent after this season. And he has a lot to prove. However, I think it would be a mistake for the Coyotes to put Barrett Hayden in the NHL this year. We saw him try to crack the lineup for the last couple seasons, like I just mentioned, and he wasn't fitting in on a team with 
a lot more veteran players on the roster and a roster that was closer to making the playoffs than not. And in my opinion, on a team that is expected to be in contention for that number one overall pick, I think you set Barrett Haynes' development back if you play him at the NHL level this year. I want to see Barrett Haynes stay in the, stay in Tucson, stay with Jay Vardy, and get him a full season of learning on a on a Tucson Runners team that I think could be really good this year. They get they have a lot of young young players, a lot of talented players down there, and imagine all these young players succeeding at the AHL level and thriving at the AHL level. What that does for their development, as opposed to not basically doing the complete opposite at the NHL level. So Barrett Hayton, does he play in the NHL this year? I hope not. To be completely honest with you, they sent him back down as kind of a kick in the ass of like, because in the end they, and I kind of mentioned this on uh Griffin show as well is they allowed so much proper time for him to really get, you know, uh, time at the NHL level like he was able and not on the ice be able to be around the team in the arena like really talking to the other guys on the team and really just getting invested in it and as you mentioned like he had the ability to um, get used to the systems that he needed down there that were going to translate to where he was going to be playing in the lineup um, for the Coyotes and it just didn't work for him they really actually um and there's a a podcast that we did well back I think uh Kat and I were doing it and we had an entire discussion about how impressed actually we were of how they um handled him and handled how young he was and and his size and really tried to let him come into it instead of just dropping him in and uh, killing his confidence. But once he got there, he just didn't show up to be what any of us wanted him to be. And I don't think he came out being what he wanted to be either. And so when they sent him down, it was just supposed to be a very big, like, kick in the ass of, like, hey, you really aren't playing good enough right now to be at the NHL level. We need to send you back down to the AHL and really have you um, – you know, work on it some more. And when he, he was pissed, like visibly pissed to everyone that was around. And like, so to be sit, be sitting in that situation and then to say, well, it's going to be a shitty team. So you might as well just play up at the NHL level. It's very, just kind of going back on your own word. I feel like a little bit, and it's, it's a waste of his time. Let him uh, stay there down at the AHL level and really just develop because they need him to be a solid centerman going forward. That's, that's what they have been wanting and needing out of him. That's a whole point why it's, it's hard. Cause you know, we're not so keen on Chica anymore, but it's, it's the whole reason why they, you know, jumped over people for him, you know, like, he, he was supposed to be drafted later, but he was, he's supposed to be a great centerman, and that's something very hard to find in the NHL nowadays, so he has to be what he's cracked up to be. All right, let's move on to the next player on my list here, Victor Soderstrom, 
We got we saw a cup of coffee with him and the Coyotes last season. Played in four games, scored a goal and had an assist, so two points in four games. Now, fun fact, Corey, I had to look this up because I didn't quite remember it. His first NHL goal came against the San Jose Sharks. Now, do you know who the goaltender was for the San Jose Sharks that Victor Soderstrom scored his first NHL goal on? I feel like this should be a very obvious answer. It's not like super obvious, but I think it's a it's a little nugget. I mean, it's the only reason I bring it up. He scored his first NHL goal against Josef Kornosh. Oh, I, I yeah, I wasn't gonna guess it. Who's now? Who's now? Of course, is an Arizona Coyote. So yeah, and, and I, I should, that's why I said it should have been a very obvious answer, and I feel like I'm spacing on it. We're recording very late tonight, and my brain is going slowly as the night goes on. So Victor Soderstrom, of course, the 11th overall pick in 2019. He played last year was his first season playing in North America, if you can believe that. Uh, If you look at his numbers for the Roadrunners last year, played in 32 games, had just 10 points in those 32 games. But again, um, a very partial season, a very weird season in the AHL last year. Um, Again, first year in North America. But again, now with Victor Soderstrom, I think the circumstances are a little bit more different because he might have to play at the NHL level this year, although I don't think he should um, because the counties right now only have five rostered defensemen at, on NHL contracts right now. Anton Strollman, Jacob Tricker, and Shane Gostaspear, Ilya Labushkin, and Connor Timmins. And so they got to find two more defensemen for the NHL this year. Victor Soderstrom might be on that list. But pretty much for the same reasons I said about Barrett Hayton, I'm going to say the same thing about Victor Soderstrom. I liked Victor Soderstrom last year. I liked Victor Soderstrom a lot more than I did Barrett Hayton at the NHL level last year. I thought, Victor, I thought Victor Soderstrom, every time he was on the ice, looked comfortable. He, did, he looked like an NHL defenseman out there. Granted, he was still getting comfortable. He's still kind of figuring out his offensive game, which coming out when he was drafted I believe was the thing – that most people were saying was kind of going to be the last thing to come around on him. And the people, scouts were saying the same thing about Jacob Trickern coming out in the draft too, where his offensive game was a little slow to develop. I think we're going to see the same thing with Victor Soderstrom too. So once again, like I said with Baradine, I want to see Victor Soderstrom get a full 100% season in the AHL He'll probably get some time at the NHL level due to injuries, and you can say the same thing about Barrett Hayton too, and that's fine. But playing a full 82-game season at the NHL level for a guy like Victor Soderstrom, again, I think would set his development back. And I brought it up on the Avalanche show too, and I'm going to say this again. I think we saw the downside of this on several occasions over the course of the Coyotes' tenure, right? We saw it with Kyle Turris many, many years ago where he was brought up way too early under Wayne Gretzky as like a 19-year-old kid and when he shouldn't have been in the NHL. And he set his development back years. Um, we saw it with Mikael Bakker too. Mikael Bakker stayed in the NHL for a long time. But again, he was a kid when he was brought up with Wayne Gretzky. And he probably shouldn't have been playing at the NHL level as young as he was. And we saw it with Max Domi, Anthony DeClaire. I think we saw it with Clayton Keller a little bit. I think he came up way too quickly. Dylan Strome came up way too quickly. 
and it set their development back. Like we're still seeing Clayton Keller still try to figure things out at the NHL level and really find a consistent game, try and find that kind of extra oomph in his game in terms of playing a more hard hitting style, essentially for lack of a better term. Like he, he plays a very soft game and that's something you and I have talked about on the show. So for Victor Soderstrom, again, I want to see him in the AHL this year. Yeah, actually, I don't really have too insanely much to add on to that. I, I mean, Victor Soderstrom, you know, is supposed to be a very solid defenseman. Um, that was one of the things when he was drafted is that he is supposed to be a really great two-way defenseman eventually, you know, working on that offensive game because he was he's been very uh, solid defensively. But yeah, I I would like to ha- see him have time cooking down in the, NA- in the AHL like uh, we kind of talked about uh, with Barrett Hayton. But considering the fact that um, things have been very thin as of recent, um, you know, with defensemen for the Coyotes, it, there is a possibility that he will have to be called up this year. And I do feel like out of the two of them, though, he has the better chance of actually gaining um, some good experience out of that uh, rather than Barrett Hayton, which I feel would be a little bit more of just a waste of his time. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you there. We're uh, running out of time on this episode, but um, I think this is worthy of continuing into the next episode as well as we get ready for the beginning of the season and talk about maybe in the next episode some other players and how quickly – we see some of these other prospects making it to the NHL level. Uh, some of the other ones I had planned uh, were Liam Kirk. I had Ivan Prosvitov. And I also had 2021 draft pick who just signed his entry-level contract, uh, Giannis Moser, as well. But we'll talk about those on the next episode. But before we leave you on this show, we, of course, always end the show with our sporty question. Corey had a good one again tonight. We've already been getting some Good traction on the Twitter machine. And Corey, what was tonight's sporty question? If you could only eat one candy for the rest of your life, that means every single time you go to a movie theater, you are stuck to one candy. What would it be? Oh, okay. Well, are, do you have your answer ready? Um, Not particularly. I was hoping oh my that gosh. you would. Oh, my God. As the um, person who uh, steals everyone else's popcorn at movie theaters, I thought you would at least have a candy in mind. I do. I do have a favorite candy. Um, it's a candy bar. So does that count? Uh, one of our favorites from THPN uh, quote tweeted us and said Snickers. So, yes. Okay. It is not Snickers. Now, I'm going to test our friendship a little bit here. There is no way in hell you know which one I'm going to pick. I can almost guarantee you because I have never once had this particular candy bar in your presence because I don't eat them very often. I don't really eat a lot of candy bars intentionally. Can I make – I'm going to make a guess though, right? You can make a guess. I have a guess. Okay. Twix. Incorrect. I do love Twix, though, but incorrect. So my new number one seed is Three Musketeers. What? Yes. No. Mm-hmm. I would have never have guessed that. 
Mm-hmm. I don't even know anyone who who would name three musketeers as their favorite. I but it's a popular candy bar, especially at Halloween. Yeah, but like I feel like people do all the time like what their like favorite like Halloween candy is. No one says three musketeers. Cuz it's I like just... under it's underrated for a lot of people. Like it's not people's one seed a lot of times like it is for me. No, that's not like people there. like it. It's just not their favorite. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is par for the course for me, which is liking something that's a little bit off of center from what everybody else likes. Wow. Wow. What a world. I was not expecting that. I'm not even sure how to take this right now. I just keep thinking of their commercials where they have, you know, they float. That's what I think of when I think of Three Musketeers is their like commercials where they're floating and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I don't know. If like if I had to choose a like a candy bar, it would probably either be between Snickers or Twix. But um, all right. If I had to just only eat one candy the rest of my life, it would have to be something sour big sour candy person i went on a very long binge um in high school of uh watermelon sour patch kids they're kind of the shit but then i also got really tired of them and stopped eating them for a while because of the fact that i ate so many of them um i I, I guess I would either – people are going to think I'm, like, a, a child for saying this. But I would probably say those, like, sour straws. Those are good. Yeah, they come in, like, bite-sized ones now where they, like, chopped up the straws. And then they have a variety of flavors in them now. Mmm. It's the shit. Those are so I, good. That's a really good choice. That's a sneaky choice. I am like a big sour person. Like my brother and I used to get warheads and then Ooh. see who could yeah. withstand keeping like the most sour warheads in our mouth the longest without crying. We'd have like <laughs> full blown like stare downs with them. Like that was our thing was eating very sour candy. I can't do spicy, but I can do sour. And so, yeah. Those would probably be it. That's a that's a pretty off the off the bat choice too. So I'm glad both of us went with off the wall choices. Like from Adela Field, I pretty much enjoy that. Okay, so here's what uh, some of the people are saying on the internet, as opposed to the question. So we had Katarina, who said, "Fun fact: I once kept an eye on a family's friend's son during a swim meet when I was about twelve or thirteen, and got paid in full grocery bag." of my then favorite candy, peppermint patties. I ate them all in one sitting, and weirdly enough, the aftermath was not fun at all. Kat has told me this story before. I don't know if she's told you, so I've heard that before. No, but it feels like when you have alcohol that you really like, and then you throw it up, and then you're like, I never want it ever again. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had uh, Nick from the Sharks podcast say Snickers. Yeah, he was who I was referring to earlier. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we had some replies. We had a Twitter account by the name of Cat's Pajamas 
which is fascinating. I don't even <laughs> know if this is a real thing, but look at the cute picture of the cat cat in pajamas. Oh no, not not cats. If there's so something cute. that Richie and I cannot agree on in life, I hate cats. He loves cats. I love dogs. I don't what is your standing on dogs? Are you indifferent? They're fine. I They're like fine. Dogs. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, like I didn't cats. I didn't know what your 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 take on I don't hate dogs. I'm I'm also partially allergic. I don't trust cats, but I'm also allergic to them. Mm, That would be it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting distracted by the kitty cats in pajamas. We had, uh, oh, the cat's pajamas Twitter account said peanut M&Ms, maybe. We had Jason say grape blasters. Have no idea what that is. Okay, I had no fucking idea either, right? So I just looked them up. Sorry, that was really loud. I probably just got like super close to the mic. I apologize to our listeners. Um, They are Canadian, I think. Um, Because this is CanadianSweets.com. So I would think that they're Canadian. Uh, they are, I'm not even sure what this is there. So they're infused, but, um, I think they maybe are like, um, uh, gushers, like similar to gushers. Maybe a lot of these are cannabis infused. So, you know, maybe that's that's what it is, but I don't know. This normal one it's it says it's infused. I don't know. I I don't fully know. I don't know. Someone explain to me what these are. Yeah, we'll find out on Twitter. Explain it later. Okay, so we're getting sidetracked. I'm so sorry, everyone. It's late. it's late. Corey and I are both drinking wine, so it gets we're getting weird at the, here at the end of the show. Well, yeah. Now I'm now I'm looking at all these grape blaster gummies. Okay. All right. Uh, and then we also had um, Alex reply with hot tamales, which I do not like. You know how um, you do not you do not like spicy. No, I don't. I don't. I don't like cinnamon and or spicy candy. No, so, no thanks. I don't. Hot tamales because there's hot tamales and there's red hots, both of which are terrible. Yeah, I don't like them either. Uh, my my mom likes them, but I don't like them. I I was going to to ask you, uh, do you like big red gum? Uh, it's fine, I guess. It's along the same vein. It's it's a cinnamon gum. I don't really do gum at all, so I'd have to say no. We're gonna make you. We're gonna make you uh, eat some big red gum just just to see what your feelings are on it. Yeah, I'm like it, I feel like it's not my thing. I, I'm a minty guy. I like minty gum. And then if you don't like it, I'm gonna play the scene from Talladega Nights where um, Ricky Bobby says, "If you don't chew big red, then fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to end the show, I think, right there. That is a perfect way to end the show. Um, follow us on Twitter at Corey underscore Richie Show. Follow us on Instagram at Corey Richie Show. 
Follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Follow Corey at Corey Nicole with two E's. Follow me at rflores91. Go reply to our sporty question on Twitter. Let us know if you could eat one candy for the rest of your life. What would it be? And then, of course, sign up with DraftKings, promo code THPN. Daily Fantasy Sports is now legal in the state of Arizona, ladies and gentlemen. So you can you actually put that promo code to use. I know I have already. I entered my first contest on Saturday, and I won $5, ladies and gentlemen. Very exciting stuff. So until next time, good night and good hockey, everybody.